Welcome to another episode of How Not to DM. I'm your host, Derek. Thank you for joining me on my quest to interview the very best dungeon masters on this plane of existence. Today's guest is Robert, a Twitch streamer, DM, and podcast host of Unprepared DMs. Robert talked a lot about the lessons he learned in communicating with his players when things went wrong and is a big believer in making sure everyone is having fun around the table. Enjoy! My name is Robert, and I started out in D&D in Pathfinder. Uh, a friend of mine went to an, another friend of ours' house and invited me along. And when I got there, they were, they were playing D&D, and uh, one of their players wasn't able to make it that night. So they let me make a fast character. Um, I believe it was a half-elf uh, wizard. And I remember I actually died that first session. But it was a lot of fun to, to sit around and do this whole role play thing so that's how i got into D was by luck essentially by going with my friend and that one person not showing up nice it's funny that you died in your first session and you still came back for more yeah i died uh, i died in my first session because a giant ant ate my character <laughs> was it an on keg or something like that uh, i believe it was it was yeah. it, it was i know it mentally scarred me <laughs> nice You've since evolved and, and kind of done a little bit of DMing yourself. So tell us about your DM experience. Um, you know, how long you've been doing it, that kind of thing. So I've been DMing for about two to three years now. Um, and then, but I, now I've made my whole, my whole new world, homebrew, uh, the campaign called The Rise of Lazarus. is a two-part campaign. That has been going on for the past, I want to say the last four to five months. Uh-huh. Uh, the experience has been great. I play with a really good group of guys who just take everything serious role play wise. So I, I couldn't ask for a better group. Nice. Tell us a little bit about the rise of Lazarus without spoilers. You know, like what, what's it about? What's kind of your your world like? So Lazarus is one of the first vampires in my campaign. Uh, him and his siblings, Lucifer and Jasmine. Without giving away spoilers, my players aren't there yet. He's a complicated guy. Uh, right now, he's, his goal is to take over the world and get the whole world underneath his compulsion. But uh, my players will find out, and whoever wants to listen in on Mondays will find out soon enough. There's more to Lazarus than, than what's been led on. There's a bunch of classic monsters. There's, there's the Wolfman. Uh, I put in the Black Lagoon monster. Uh, I, I draw a lot of inspiration from the creatures that I grew up with. So I wanted to, you know, add them into my campaign as I'm, I'm a big horror fan. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's the the fun of D&D, right, is taking all the stuff that you love from all these different places and shoving them into the same game, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So what is it that you love about DMing the most? You know, what, what made you decide to get into it? And then why do you keep doing it? What makes it so fun and interesting? So when I was DMing the one-shots, it wasn't because I wanted to quote-unquote DM. It was because nobody else in my friend group originally wanted to. But uh-huh. uh, when I found this new group of people to play with, uh, my best friend and I, we uh, we, we had this one DM called, uh, named Soup. And he is an amazing DM storyteller combat-wise. And it just got me – I got bit by the D&D bug pretty hard when he ran his campaign. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. Um, what I love the most about DMing for myself – 
it's a way for me to escape. It's a way for me to tell a story that I want to tell. Mm-hmm. And it gives me the creative freedom that I've been trying to find for a while now. So, I mean, I, I'm in love with, with the Emin. Yeah, I feel the same way. I've always liked telling stories or always had a really active imagination. I think that's the beauty of a D&D. As a player, as a DM, it's, it's, you can make D&D whatever you want it to be. And, that, and that's the beauty of it to me. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your DM inspirations? They could be people who play on streams or podcasts. They could be YouTubers that you watch a lot of their advice videos. You know, who are kind of the ones that stick out in your mind? Um, so inspiration for me to DM really comes from my friends uh, and how uh, and how they are able to role play their characters and tell the stories of their characters. The DM soup has really uh, stepped into my group and helped us get this campaign going. So he, he's a pretty big inspiration as to why I wanted to DM. For me to stream D&D and to put it live, I would have to give it to Matt, Matt Mercer and, and uh, Brendan Culligan. When you think of DMs, those are the two that always come to people's minds. <laughs> They're kind of like the grandfathers of this golden age of D&D in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember uh, growing up in high school when, when Critical Role was just becoming so popular uh D, where i was from wasn't the most popular thing but i met some friends who watched critical role and i was like oh yeah like, it's cool to see that people were like we're into D, but you know it's cool to see like it's kind of like anime where people were like kind of hide their that they were into D, and now that's popular people everyone's coming out of everywhere it's like oh i love D, and yeah. it's awesome yeah it's getting more and more popular by the minute i think let's talk a little bit about when you are dming and kind of your style what what makes your style unique and interesting for your players that might be a little bit different than the way other people DM? So I DM a party of eight, which is a pretty unordinary number for for yeah. a, uh, for a group. I think I think what it was that I just have such a bad habit of saying no, and people are, can I play? Can I play? I like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then I kind of got to this big number. I was like, oh, a lot of DMs and a lot of campaigns that I played in before were were like, don't don't split the party, you know, TPKs, this, this, and that. Yeah. And with a big group to help me manage it, I was encouraging them to split the party a little bit and go four and four, and which was awesome to me. Uh, so, and then I, I run combat a little differently. Um, I'm a big movie guy and, and a big uh, horror guy, so I like to see like some flashy stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, I, if uh, if it makes sense and the, and the NPCs no, low enough uh, in health, I'll have to do like a cool little like cinematic <laughs> move where it's like. Uh, for instance, I had a guy pull an NPC close to him, and another guy was able to react to it fast enough, and they did this cool little combo move. So I'm not against breaking some of the combat rules to make it a little more special than does a 12 hit, does a 14 hit. I like to make combat a little bit more interesting than that. Mm, I like that. You you kind of focus on the cinematic style of it to wrap things up, the finishing moment. Exactly. Yeah, it's. I feel like you know. At the end of it, I've been I've been a part of some campaigns where it's like when combat was over and to, to deliver the uh, finishing uh, hit, it was like, all right, well, you slash your sword into him and he just dies. I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> it's like I, I feel like if you get to, to kill and blow on the, the enemy, you, you should get uh, some of the recognition for it. Yeah, that does does make it seem a little anticlimactic when it happens like that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And especially when you're streaming a game, right? You kind of need to focus on the cinematic elements because people who are watching and listening, like that's what makes it interesting for them too. Absolutely, completely agreed. You know, 
from you know before I started streaming D and I've been a streamer before that, and right, you, you got to put on a show for the viewers. So it's like if I'm just doing the most boring thing and going from okay, this this combat ends and the combat ends, and that's not the most fun. What is your favorite monster that you have put in your game so far that maybe had cool abilities or was really fun to role play or it was really challenging for your players? My favorite encounter with, with a monster to just think back of would probably be funny enough, it was inspired by uh, a, a Disney villain that I really like growing up, the Horn King. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one of my players plays a sorcerer fighter, and it was kind of like his arc. and he was introduced in the very first session and kind of like used this magical gaze to knock him unconscious. And he was messing with them for the first like five sessions. And then when he, when the player finally came face to face with this creature that he's been fighting, it was pretty, it was pretty cool because everyone was into it. The creature had unique abilities. He, uh, he was able to, uh, when his soldiers died, he was able to bring them back to life. So I was able to really focus soldiers on the other players and, the main guy on, on the guy he's been focusing on for the last five sessions. So it was really yeah. cool for me to kind of give it, make it special for the player. And to me, that's the one that sticks up the most to this day. That sounds really cool. What about like a, a non-combat encounter with an NPC or, or like a puzzle or something like that? What's something that that's been really fun that happened on one of your games? We, we infiltrated a base uh, in my campaign and uh, I got this really cool idea of, when they entered in a room, the door behind them disappeared and the wall started closing in. Mm. And instead of giving them like a few minutes to decide about it in game time, I gave them a timer in real life. So it was cool to be like, they were watching this timer go down on my phone. And I'm like, well, can I do this? Can I do that? And it's like, you can try. This doesn't work. And it was cool to see the fear in the player's eyes for the first time in a while. Whereas, <laughs> like, because D D time is funky. So I was like, uh, I'm going to go real life time and, and that just threw everybody off, and it, it was people were screaming at, like screaming at you, like get over here, help him, do this, do that. As a DM, I was like, yes, traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun to watch them scramble. It is. <laughs> that gives me uh, Star Wars trash compactor vibes. Is that kind of what you're going for? That's what. I, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was going for. You've been playing for a little while, right? You've been streaming your your. Uh, campaign Rise of Lazarus. Tell us yes. a little bit about some of the mistakes you've made as a DM and what you've learned from them while you've been running this game for your friends. How much time do we got? <laughs> I mean, that, uh, that's what the podcast is about. <laughs> as, as a first time DM, like, uh, as a f- officially like running multiple sessions, I've ran into plenty of mistakes. Um, the first one that comes to my mind is uh, I don't call my my players adventurers. They're hunters because they they all are accomplished hunter uh, monster hunters in in my world. One of my players who is no longer in the campaign right now, he uh, was uh, his backstory. He was already like a grandmaster in his his guild as, as an accomplished hunter. The rest of them were not a a, a ranked hunter or anything. So mm-hmm. I thought it'd be cool to dedicate. Uh, they got to this new city, the capital city called Britannia. They participated in something called the Hunter Games, and I split the party up to two teams with two captains. First team went to go fight a basilisk. The other one went to go fight a manticore. They killed those ones relatively easy. Cool, and then, I, cool. and then uh, the grand mage of that city teleported into a pyramid to fight the mummy. I had this cool little thing with mummies where if you use spells, you had to make it. I believe it was a con save, if I'm not mistaken. And if you failed, the spell would fizzle away and you would take damage. So fast forward about that. Uh, we get to the actual boss fight of the of the dungeon. 
And as a DM, I was focused on so many different things. I completely forgot to tell my players that that effect of the spells fizzing away was only for non-combat. So all combat, they were making con saves, and I was like wasting their spell slots because I made a mistake of not telling them and not fixing it either. So a lot of my, I have like three to four spell casters. Half the party was like, "What? What? What do I do?" And it's like, ah. Uh. So uh, I think it's important when you make those mistakes as a DM to get the feedback from the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I got I got a lot of feedback from that, and it also didn't help that while they're wasting their spell slots, another player, the same guy who's going on with us, started an in-game fight, and oh, it almost got another party party member killed. So it was a combination of in-game fight and plus me messing up as a DM, and I was like, eh. it was just a really sour experience for everybody. But what I did was I took a week off, and I was and revisited how I do combat as a DM with eight players. And ever since then, I, I fixed I fixed up the, the combat, so stuff like that just doesn't happen again. What adjustments did you make? So with, uh, especially, so originally what I was doing with um, monsters and bosses was I would just give them health increases and AC increases and a little bit more damage. And kind of ignore what they're kind of already immune to and what they're resistant to. So I kind of just went to traditional route. I was like, okay, if um, they're immune to bludgeoning and piercing. I'll use that instead of boosting the AC by 60 50 health. It makes it a lot more comp, gives the players a little bit more of a headache because some of them have bludgeoning and piercing weapons. I, I, I made it more balanced where I don't have to mess over my players and I don't have to go above and beyond about buffing and stuff, a bunch of different abilities and stuff like that. That makes sense. I know it's a classic thing, right? Other than like watching a, a video of someone do it or, you know, listening to someone tell a story about how this happened and how you can avoid it, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of hard lesson to, to learn other than doing it yourself a few times. As a, as a DM, as a newer DM, I think it's important, like I said, to get that, you know, have that communication between your players and, and yeah. yourself. And it's like, at the end of the day, the DM's job isn't to kill the players, it's to tell a story. Correct. So a lot, I, I've, I've been part of, you hear a lot of uh, jokes about players being murder hobos, but I, I've had a DM who was a murder hobo and he got bored of his own campaign and would just kill off the player. And like, there's no fun to that. So, <laughs> no, no fun to that at all. So I, I try to, you know, I, I, I message all my players a week before the session and right after the session, like, uh, how do you like the direction we're going in? And, I, I established that communication pretty early on. That's honestly uh, really helpful, I think. I love texting my players and asking them how things went and getting their feedback, kind of like you were saying. On the other point you mentioned, though, the Murder Hobo DM, uh, <laughs> I, I would suggest that if anyone feels that way as a DM, maybe it's time to just like take a step back and take a break and ask someone else to take over for a little bit. Or you know, maybe it's time to start a different game if, if you're disinterested and your players are too. So, yeah, there's definitely better ways to solve that. Yeah, um, 100, 110%. Uh, I, I, he, we were running a campaign. The thing is, is when we first started playing D&D and a lot of my friends and I were we were younger than our, our, that old DM of ours and mm-hmm. uh, we had no, we knew nobody else who D&D'd or DM'd. And so we were, we were very very uh stupid about it we would get killed off and then the moment we got killed we would run back to our house type up a whole new character and be like i'm ready to go again just to get this went on for about like a year or two i was like i made so many characters it was it was crazy 
And now a word from our sponsor. If you've been thinking about getting into the podcasting game, but don't have a large budget or a ton of industry expertise already, Anchor.fm is a great place to get started. Why use Anchor? It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. And you can start monetizing your show immediately with no minimum audience size or reach. Anchor really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's get back to the show. What are some things that you would go back and tell yourself before you started DMing, you know, when you're getting ready to, to run the game for the first time? I would tell myself that um, the DM guide is more of a layout or a more of a guide versus mm-hmm. what you need to do. Yeah, uh, I, I tried to like go by the book for almost everything uh, when I first started. That it was a lot more stressful than what it needed to be as as a newer DM. So j- just kind of if it, if it makes sense in your world and it makes sense that it won't break the game too much, I, I would say just allow it. There's a lot of things that I didn't allow in the beginning. I was like, "Oh, the book says you can't do this. The book says you can't do that." There's stuff that I do use the book for. To kind of balance everything, but at the end of the day, like if it's something that makes sense and it's something that's not too much of a problem, just allow it. I think that's that's really good advice because it would be very easy to be overwhelmed by looking at the dungeon master's guy to be like, I got to read all of this to like know how to do it, you know? Yeah, which is yeah. not true. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not like um, Law and Order where like this is how you have to play DM uh, Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons. It's more more of a reference, in my opinion. These are their stories. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. When you, you mentioned you're kind of a procrastinator a little bit, but what is kind of your pre-game checklist? You know, what stuff do you have to have ready to run the game? And then what stuff do you have in front of you when you're running the game? And it could be both like in person and when you're getting ready to stream something. So after the end of every session, I open up a notepad. And I write down kind of what the, end, uh, the story of that session. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether the players follow that that notepad's directions is completely up to the players. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I kind of go over where they'll be, who they'll talk to, you, um, the missions that will be offered. One will be always one mission will always be a main quest for the story, and other two will be side quest stuff like that. When I open up that notepad, I type the name of the campaign, the session number. And I don't touch that same notepad because I procrastinated everything to that Sunday before the session. And sometimes, if I'm really lucky, I'll touch it on Monday. Uh, so, and then I'll have that same notepad up as I stream. So, uh, when I'm streaming, and I, I, it bugs me because the content creator and entertainer that I like to be doesn't interact with the chat as much as I'm reading from a notepad. Uh, the lines of each NPC that they'll talk to you and stuff like that. So, for those who have been to my streams during Rise of Lazarus, I apologize if I don't interact with you. <laughs> <laughs> it can be hard, man. I've talked to a few people. Um, I talked to a guy named Maka a couple episodes ago, and he he just like feels overwhelmed sometimes with the chat, but he does an okay job. The people I play with, uh, 
three to four of them are my moderators, actually. Okay. So like they'll 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 run the chat and everything and bounce back his players. So I'm fortunate for that. But also as like the streamer that I am, I like to like talk to the people who are chatting. It's like oh, I can't do both sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it bugs me a little bit, but at the end of the day I'm trying to tell a story that hopefully the viewer I, I, they're coming back, hopefully hopefully for the story, uh because this I'm not doing much else as a streamer for that. It's it's really cool to see people come back every week for it. It's it's one thing that they come back for video games, but I never thought people would come back for Dungeons and Dragons every week. But uh, I've been pulling some. Uh, there's times when I pull better numbers on D and D streams than I do on my normal stream, so I, it's really cool to see. Nice. I like the campaign journal idea that you're kind of talking about. Um, I, that's something I could probably do more of. I, I had a player yesterday uh, sell an item that I gave him. I was like, when did I give you that? And I had to pull up. Uh, and he was like, you, pull, you gave it to me during so-and-so. I was like, pulled up the notes. Like, oh, there it is. Uh, yeah. It's, I, I keep it there for reference. Uh, I have every session I've ever written so far in this giant notepad. Um, and I, if I ever need references, I'll go back to that. It helps me out because I'm not the best at improv. Mm-hmm. I can't speak. So, like, when people, uh, it's nice when people, start, when my players are throwing me off course because it gives me more practice with that. It's only happened about twice, but it's been something I've been very fortunate that they, uh, they get better at. Yeah, improv is a two edged sword. It's, it's fun when you get it right, but when you're like not prepared for it, it can be tough sometimes. Tell me a little bit about unprepared dms where the idea came from how you decided to to kind of get into that and then what is your goal for the show what what kind of things are you trying to accomplish or maybe what's like the the one thing you're working towards with that podcast uh so unprepared dms uh, my friend and i my best friend richie he was down in florida where where i live and we were just he came to my house we were we actually had a dnd session for rise of lazarus and it was kind of like he was watching me prepare, and I kind of I, I had this really bad habit of procrastinating outside of D and D as yeah. well. Yeah. And it's kind of like so that's where the name came from. Unprepared DM. So he just watched me just win a session on nothing on that on that Monday. Uh, yeah. And the show the show is we we find other DMs, and you don't necessarily have to be a DM to be on the show. And we just talk about D and D. We we pick your brain about. Uh, your characters, your campaigns, and we, we just asked about a bunch of different questions about D&D together. Uh, the end goal is, just as the name says, we're unprepared. So wherever the show takes us, the show takes us. Um, I I had this bad habit if I set uh, I set goals for myself pretty high, so uh, our biggest goal is to get, you know, Matt Mercer on the podcast, and that's something we're going to be working towards. But at the end of the day, we just want to build a community where we'll see you guys in the in the streams, and you know, we'll all have good laughs and share memes about the sessions they're doing. And th- that's the end of it. That, that's the end goal for anything that I do. Is I want to build a community that we can all get behind. Matt Mercer's like the holy grail of podcast guests, I would say. He, he's uh, just so good at DMing, and it's. I just want to pick your brain. Right? A half an hour wouldn't it be enough, huh? You'd want to sit and talk with them forever. Anything else about Unprepared DMs? So Unprepared DMs uh, was 
and it still is. Is this a, a podcast about two friends talking about D and D with with other people? And it's, it's really cool that this is the first month that we're actually booked up for the entire month of May, mm-hmm. and it, it's just something that like we reflect on. It's like, well, we started this about around the same time, I believe, as you, maybe a little bit after, and it's like. It's cool to you know have a whole month book, so it's something that we're gonna be striving towards. That is cool, man. Congrats. Let's uh, get down to your parting words of wisdom and encouragement. So you've been DMing for a little bit now with Rise of Lazarus. You've been playing D and D for a few years with your friends. So what are yeah what are your parting words of wisdom and encouragement to new DMs and then also DMs that have been playing for a while? So I, I take the same approach to everything about D and D is that you DM or play. You're here to have fun. You're here to you know sit down at the table with your friends or virtual, however you guys want to do it, and to, just have fun. For you know, at the end of the day, you're gonna make some countless memories. Uh, establish that communication with your players to see what's working for them, see what's working for you, and and to continue going forward. I, I just want everyone who plays D and D to have fun, and it's not something that should be taken to a serious to the extent of where like. If the campaign falls short, where it should end a friendship. I feel like friendship always comes first, but I love that advice. What projects are you working on now? We've talked a little bit about Unprepared DMs. We've talked about the games you stream. But yeah, tell us all about those now and when they can find them or you know what times you're <laughs> streaming. And then also all your socials and that good stuff. So, uh, I, like I said, I, I stream on twitch.tv slash alphanova95. I stream pretty much Monday through Sunday uh, at like 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Depends on my – that's what I like to go live. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes work and the kids kind of dictate that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but normally I'm live around 9.30 p.m. I stream games like Dead by Daylight, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I started playing Sea of Thieves a little bit more and a newer game called Hood Outlaws and Legends. Uh-huh. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, DM Unprepared or AlphaNova95 for my personal account. Uh, you can find our podcast Unprepared DMs on anchor.fm slash unprepared DMs. I'll be sure to add those links in the episode description for you. Well, thanks a lot for coming, Robert. It's been a blast. Thanks for listening to How Not to DM. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share the podcast with your friends and family around your table. For episode guest announcements, links to our Discord community, blog, and social media accounts, visit at HN, the number two DM on Twitter. Join me and some other amazing people from the TTRPG community as we play a one shot for Andrea's Adventurers on June 5th. We're raising $5,000 for the Canadian Cancer Society, so if you'd like to learn more or how to donate, visit andreasadventurers.ca. Our awesome intro and outro music is by my good friend Torrent. And until next time, roll some Nat 20s for me.